0: Hey, Brown Beauties. Welcome to Well, Honestly, the podcast.
1: I'm Andretta. And I'm Akila, And we're your hosts. Well, honestly, what is this podcast all about?
0: Our show is about women doing better tomorrow than they are doing today. So we can take control of our health. We give you real talk and educate you on all things related to health, mental wellness, and nutrition for Brown women all over the world. Once you
1: know what choices you have, you can do better because we know the struggle is real we invite you to come as you are but leave inspired to become your best healthy self so let's get started
0: hey 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 Hey, Keela hi mother I'm not gonna ask you the normal questions that we ask so we're just gonna gonna because you (laughs) always get into this weather thing because right now I think it's beautiful everywhere right
1: um, it's overcast and it's a little chilly, but it's still nice. Oh well, we're supposed to have seventy, eighty degrees here in Chicago area. Mm, it's about time y'all got something that's of quality.
0: Ah, uh, okay, hater, hater, hater. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is uh, episode twenty. Can you this believe we've made this, twenty?
1: We have I, made it this far. I, wow, look at what time and consistency will do. <laughs> it's amazing look at, I'm excited look at still. what God
0: look at what God can do too right
1: absolutely that goes oh, without saying
0: I know I know so we're gonna dive right into the hot topic uh, this week okay so here's what has this came up in our Facebook group and one of the um, one of the one of the brown babes reported that they had taken their COVID uh, vaccine shot hmm and um they took their last shot with Pfizer and then they tried to go get a mammogram and they told them that they could not get the mammogram. Why not? Because they had swollen lymph nodes. Okay. So they had to delay it. So a lot of women are talking about, they can't get the vaccine now because they have to wait. Uh, And it seems to be happening around their cycles. Okay. So there seems to be some kind of correlation between their cycles and the and the swollen lymph nodes that they're getting in the mammograms. So they're telling women to stay away for about 3 months uh, to recheck back in 3 months after they've had their COVID vaccine shot. So there mm. seems to be some kind of problem going on with the lymph nodes. Now, some doctors are saying that that's normal. Uh, Mm -hmm. some of the doctors are saying that the swollen lymph nodes are actually where their immune system is trying to work on overload. Mm -hmm. And that's why they are getting that. And they feel that that's the response. So not to worry. And then you have others who are saying, well, why am I having swollen lymph nodes with a vaccine shot? So that's what seems to be it seems to be a little controversy, you know, in terms of what women think they should have and what they should not have. So, going to get a mammogram has been an issue for women who have been taking the uh, vaccine. Mm. So, I mean,
1: well, it's, 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 I think everyone still needs to understand that it's new. Every single one is new. And there haven't been many, 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 many tests like past vaccines um have had so you you're not too sure what is going to happen really honestly and right now a lot of people and this is just the facts are being the test themselves so um you just it's just one of those things you know um just like with anything you have to take the risk with the reward so to speak so um I'm not surprised by that I'm not surprised
0: yeah, at that at all. it's uh, a it's
1: throwing some women off. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, and I mean, as a, I've gotten the flu before in the past, and the first thing that happens is like my my lymph nodes around my my neck get really tender and swollen. I've never had my lymph nodes around my breast get swollen around the, for the flu, but again, this is this is kind of where we are when you um, when you gamble when you when you take a risk because that's essentially what you're doing.
0: Well, you know what my answer is, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, mammography. I'm a big fan of thermography. So uh, because you don't have to, you know, squeeze, you don't have to go through all of that. There's a difference in the test. And Mm -hmm. I've all, I've talked about this on previous episodes. Uh, I go and you don't have to get the thermography, but maybe once every five years, because it's going to detect it at pinpoint. So Can you explain detect- for
1: anyone who didn't catch that episode what thermography is? It's a breast cancer screening? Is it a test? Like, what is it? It's a procedure. It's a non-invasive procedure okay. where they use this thermal camera and it takes
0: these infrared images of your breast. And based upon, it's very painless. It's radiation free, but it is a camera. So the camera goes deep. Do you remember, uh, you're an esthetician as well. Mm -hmm. And do you remember in aesthetic school when we had to, they would give us that little machine to look at people's skin? Mm-hmm. And we could look below their skin. It was an mm-hmm. infrared, uh, uh, I forgot what they
1: called it. It was, um, it was infrared. I forget what they called I, it too, but it was infrared mixed with a really intense magnifying glass. So it's
0: sort of the same thing. And, you know, we could pinpoint, look at people's skin and look underneath their skin and see what was going on. This is a little similar, but a little bit more um, digital. More, It's more Intense. It's like a digital infrared uh, thermal imaging and it, it detects abnormal cellular changes uh, to see if your breath, breast uh, pathology is, uh, has fibristic diseases or infection. It just peers totally underneath the breast. So it actually catches it long before mammography because by the time a person has gone to get a mammogram, And if it's detected, it's been there for a while. So that's Mm -hmm. the difference between the mammography and the uh, mammograms. So, uh, and I remember when I went and got my own personal one, one of the things that stood out to me was they put me in a very cold room. In fact, I had to put my hands in ice while they were taking the imaging because they needed it, they needed my body to be at a certain cold temperature in order for the camera to capture the images correctly. And mm. it took me about three weeks to get my images back. And when they came back, they had all kind of colors on there. And I was a little frantic. I was like, now what does this red means? This purple means? This blue means? This yellow means? And they sent me a chart. And on the chart, it just showed that uh, those images, I may have had a little, if you got any type of inflammation going on anywhere in your body, it'll show up on the digital chart. So I had a little inflammation going on, but it had nothing to do with cancer. It had more to do with, well, we will talk about that later. You know, I'm always taking my potents, and motions and creams. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But anyway, but um, I don't have to go back uh, for five years. And guess what? It didn't cost me $225.
1: Yeah. You know yeah, how much a mammogram costs. That's the costs? amazing part about it. I know. I'm, I've heard they cost, and I heard that a lot of insurance, because insurance is not that great here in the U.S., doesn't cover nearly as much as it should.
0: No, and they don't cover thermography either. But two twenty-five. We talked about this on other episodes. Very low cost to find out if you have any type of cancer cells. In your breast,
1: if you have a FH, what is it? FHSA card Mm -hmm. with if you work, and they offer that pretty much everywhere. um, I believe your F FSHA card will cover certain expenses, and I believe something like this may be included because it's technology based. But I encourage all of our listeners if you have that card and you know what I'm talking about through your employer, check to see if it covers something like that. At least somewhat percentage, if not all of it, and then just go ahead and get it done. If not, just spend two hundred and
0: twenty five dollars, spend the money
1: and get it and get it done. It is so, the best two hundred and
0: twenty five dollars you will ever spend because it gives you peace of mind. All yeah. right, so we're going to wrap this up and we're going to get into and tell our audience what we're going to talk about uh, after we take the sponsorship break. We're going to come back and tell you a lot. Guess what? It's ten things you need to know about your. gut Gut health gut health we're going to talk about that when we come back after this break are you tired of being tired are you aching have pain in unexplained places at the root of all diseases like diabetes and high blood pressure and many more is chronic inflammation here are 10 wildcrafted, organic hand-picked herbs in the Be Well anti-inflammation tea that will help calm those flames. Go to brownwomenwellness.com and get 15% off by putting in the code WELLHONEST15. Okay. So All this, right. this topic is so important
1: that we have to do it in two parts. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Good. I'm excited about this conversation because, personally speaking, once we get into the the ten reasons and the ten things to know, it'll all start to make sense. But as a person who uh, lives with digestive issues, <laughs> it has been eye opening how much like my, not only just my digestive issues, but other things that are linked to the gut really affect you. And it wasn't until recently, and I'll go into this a little bit later, my honesty moment that I really had an aha moment about this. So I want, I want everyone to really pay attention to this because, um, this is almost like the nucleus of everything else. And if you can master and get this, your gut under control, your whole life will change. And that's a fact.
0: Well, let me so, tell you my aha moment. You know, I'm in functional medicine school and they spent at least two months on just talking about the gut and the digestive issues. I mean, the mm-hmm. lessons we had, more lessons on the digestive issues and gut than anything, because one of the things they emphasized is that everything goes back. They say, back it up every ailment every disease everything you can even think of even depression and anxiety is all mm-hmm. related to the gut so it, it the gut i mean <laughs> everything in your health it roots back to your gut the health of the gut is implicated in every system of our body that's amazing to me i mean you know we knew about the gut but what did we really know about the gut? Because we, we didn't. Well, 70 million people, keep, Keela, suffer from digestive issues of some sort. 70 million.
1: <laughs>
0: That's a lot of people. Well,
1: when you think about when you think about the foods that the standard American diet um entail, when you think about, you know, what people do to their bodies for whatever reasons. It's not hard to believe. Um, And it's interesting because gut health has started to become more popular over the last like eight, maybe seven or eight years, where you'll hear it a lot in like the Dr. Sabi kind of groups. Then you'll hear it from like your your plant-based people. But I'm starting to hear a lot of like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, standard doctors, like your your not your naturopathic and homeopathic type stuff, your medical doctors, of, just your your medical medical doctors. doctors mm-hmm. are starting to talk about digestive and gut health. However, their approach is going to always be different from your homeopathic, uh, functional nutritionist doctors. So, well, they're uh,
0: trained to give you something for the symptoms. That's what medical right. doctors do. You have to have a symptom. So, when you go into them and you got digestive issues, they're gonna they're not gonna look as deep. As say, functional medicine doctors do. They're going to, functional medicine doctors or practitioners or nutritionists are like detectives of the body. So they're going to get yeah. to the root cause and they find that most of the root causes are located in the gut. I did Depression is a gut issue. MS is a gut issue. All your autoimmune diseases are gut issues. Um, uh, uh, gut and allergies. If you got allergies, you got a gut issue. If you're having migraine headaches, you got a gut issue. If you got asthma, you got a gut issue. Eczema, psoriasis, you got a gut issue. Mental health issues, because they found that the gut and the brain are connected.
1: I mean, because if you think about it, you know, outside of degenerative kind of like, um, um um systemic kind of health issues that can actually play a part in dna over the course of generations aka it runs in my family outside of that because that's actually a smaller number than people think it is mm-hmm. um the the increase in all of those things that you just said it's, it's, it's astronomical. And if you sit back and think about it, you're like 15, 20 years ago, I don't remember hearing and seeing so much of X, Y, Z, and the third. Um, and why is that? And I think over time, not only has our diets changed, but our stress levels have changed. Um, environmental issues have started to really come at a rapid pace. So when you add all these things up, um, it starts to create more and more issues. And if your gut, Takes on all of that stress, mm-hmm. all of that 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 food that you're putting into your body, correct. or whatever, correct, start to break down over time, and this is why we're starting to see an increase in eczema, psoriasis, depression, anxiety, yep. multiple sclerosis, assuming uh, uh, sclerosis, um, lupus, yep. dep- depression, all of that. So if we just kind of maybe, like I said, like um, like a tick, if you get to the head of it, if you get to that root of it. I think we'll start to see a trickle-down effect. I mean, I'm not saying that it'll be easy. I'm not saying that it's a magic wand. You can just wave over your gut and then everything is well, but it can repair itself. But it, it itself. will
0: take you on the right path. And I'm going to tell you something. Today, we're going to discuss some of those ways to get you there. But here's something so else start. that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. 85% of your immune system. So we're sitting in this, this era of pandemic and uh, viruses. 85% of your immune system is in your gut. So if you don't have a healthy gut, some people are going to be more susceptible to catching these viruses uh, during this time because their gut is unhealthy. 85% of your immune system is in the gut. That's why uh, Socrates, you know what he said? Death begins in the gut. He's been saying that for us. Now, Socrates is what, back in the 1700s, 1600s? So they've been knowing about this for a long time. They just never really, medical doctors just never really were taught to address this. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. blame them. They just weren't taught this in medical school. Um, that's not what, uh, again, it's part of that nutrition thing. They just never thought about it. So what we're going to do today is discuss 10 things you did not know about your gut.
1: <laughs> are we going <laughs> to get through all 10
0: today? I know we gonna we're going to do down? this in two parts, Keela. And, and And also, please stop me if I get too scientific. Um, oh, I will. You know, I have a tendency because I am in the functional medicine school to get very scientific and I'm going to try to break this down in lay language as much as I can, but it is a lot to go through. We're not going to make it through this entire um, episode. So we're going to have to do this in two parts. So hopefully our listeners will stay with us so that they can hear all this good stuff that we're going to talk about today. So let's start with number one. Now, this was was an eye-opener. And this is probably going to be an eye-opener for a lot of people. Where is your gut? (laughs) Well, you would think it would be in your stomach. It is not. (laughs) It is not. Most people think the stomach is their gut. And I'm talking intelligent people here. I went to a yoga class one time and uh, I didn't know either. And the yoga instructor said, everybody locate their gut. And everybody put their hand on their stomach and she said, that is not your, that is not your gut. So most people think that their gut was a stomach, but the gut is actually your small intestine located underneath your belly button. Hmm. Your stomach is higher up. Your stomach is actually under your breastbone. It's located under your breastbone on top of your belly button. So, people mm. think their belly button, when they put their hand, you know, how they rub your hand on your stomach. You think that's your mm. stomach. That's not your stomach. That's your colon, that's your large intestine and your small intestine. So, the stomach is located above the gut, right under your heart, not in your belly. <laughs> okay. Hmm. So, that was the first eye opener, locating your gut, knowing where it is. <laughs> we got that? Fascinating. Yeah, that's what I said too. So why is the, number two, why is the gut so important? Um, it's your digestive system. So basically when we talk gut, we're talking digestion all in one. You know, it's like a highway. It's where your food kind of travel through your cells to meet their final destination. So when you're eating, picture your food going in your mouth and then traveling all the way down your esophagus or your neck and it has to get all the way down into your uh digestive system which is your gut and what that means is that it's like a super highway your food's got to travel in there so remember can you imagine times when your food gets stuck
1: (laughs) what do you mean stuck you know
0: sometimes you see people choking Oh yeah, yeah, and that food can't that food can't travel down. So you know, I want to talk about, and we're going to get into the third one. This one is going to be a long part, so we probably won't get too far past this. But we want to talk about the common problems associated with your digestive digestive system. Yes, here's a big one: acid indigestion. Kilo. Have you had acid indigestion problems before?
1: <laughs> yes. I currently struggle with that now. I do.
0: Let me explain what acid in case people don't know what that is. When you burp, uh, when you have I'ma be I'm going be proper today. Flatulence. Who? A, Flat girl. You fart? I'm saying it right.
1: flatness. Yeah, it's fla- flatulence. Flatulence which is the when same when thing. As, when you poot, when you fart. <laughs> when you pass gas. <laughs> uh,
0: when you have diarrhea, all those things are acid indigestion. Now, let me tell you something. Most people think it's because they got too much acid. What I have learned is that you have too little acid in your stomach. Uh, and so you're not able to absorb your food properly. That's where this is coming from. And uh, it, it, it 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 sometimes and guess what else acid indigestion does it makes you forget stuff and you can go into confusion. So usually you get acid indigestion after you've had a rich, fatty, overabundant meal. It becomes too much for your body to handle. So especially if your food is gulping, if you're gulping your food down, a little, most people don't chew their food enough. The average person. Just eat, swallow, eat, swallow. Don't really think about chewing. And I had to slow myself down. Now I am very conscious of chewing my food. They got this thing in uh, in, uh, functional nutrition that says uh, you chew, you actually chew your liquids. So that means your food should be liquidified before, you know, you let it, before you swallow. Most people
1: don't do but that. But the truth of the matter is that most people aren't going to do that because to do that takes practice and you have to actually consciously do that. I will say that for me, I don't know when my acid reflux actually started, but I will say I remember the change in my my digestive system about three years ago. And uh, it just hasn't really, I go through ups and downs with it. Um, And I don't have, I don't eat a lot of rich, fatty, all these type of meals often, but I still have acid reflux. And it's to the point now where sometimes, you know, how if like I'll burp, it'll be a dry burp, but it can, I can also like burp up a little food that I just ate and it burns. And I can Um, tell you about what we're going to get into that, Keela, because as we go down further. But those who suffer from that, there are ways that you can take care of that. Um, and it's all gut related. So let's move on to the next. Yeah, we're
0: going we're gonna to get into that. Here's another common uh, digestive problem, bad breath. Yeah. Yeah. You know how people take mints or they use mouthwash to freshen their breath? Mm-hmm. It don't really get rid of the problem. It's like a mask. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because most bad breath, believe it or not, comes from bacteria toxins in the gut.
1: Most people know that, though. Yeah. Most, I, I guarantee you we've all encountered someone who just has chronic bad breath. Because it's one thing to eat something that turns your, your breath a little foul or, or stale. But then there's another, a.k.a. halitosis and all the other kind of stuff, mm-hmm. where it's just chronic. And that has direct correlation to like um, It's the your bacteria,
0: gut. toxins. It's all in the gut. So mm-hmm. it, what it does, it releases itself through the mouth. Mm-hmm. and so that's why the bad breath
1: here's I another am bl- one i'm blessed to say i've never had that problem thank <laughs> god i just burp a lot and poot every now and again <laughs>
0: okay all right that's a little bit tmi 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 <laughs> ah, <that's the> truth. <laughs> tmi here's another Next. one constipation now do let me ask you a question keila how many bowel movements do you think a person's supposed to have in a day that's normal
1: well from what i was told um How many times that you eat is as many bowel movements as you're supposed to have.
0: Correct. Now, if you're not having two, and here's the operative word, easy bowel movements. (laughs) The operative word is easy here, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) If you're not having at least two easy bowel movements a day, you are probably constipated.
1: And you know when you're constipated. Like, let's keep it funky now. we, You know... When you're constipated, if you have to sit there and it almost <laughs> feels like it's about to come, but then it's not. But then you got to push. a little, You're constipated. If you feel like I got to go to the bathroom, but I don't feel like, like anything that you have to question, Mark, you're constipated. A lot of times we get we get constipation confused. We think that we have to be sitting there straining. No, if it doesn't flow it's stuck. <laughs> it's just that simple. And, and you
0: know, most people depend on laxatives. You know, um, uh, they have these commercials and uh, the drugstores. They got people thinking they could depend on laxatives to combat the problem. And America spend a lot of money on these products, by the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, but it's usually... Constipation comes from a high intake of processed foods, is one of the biggest reasons for constipation. And so, you know, a lot of people eat out a lot. We're eating out a lot. And a lot of the food that we're eating is processed. So, anything that's not whole is a processed food. That's everything from your candy bars to your ice cream. Anything you got to make up is processed. So, Mm -hmm. poor food choices and overeating. Uh, drink drinking with meals, uh, eating very high protein diets, these habits kind of hinder um, the digestive process. Fiber, mm-hmm. and then some people take laxatives, and it creates a dependency. They get dependent on these laxatives, and it only makes the problem worse because the body yeah. forgets to make forgets how to make a bowel movement on its own. It's depending on oh, laxatives.
1: That dependent on laxatives is not a good look. I remember when I was in college, um, again eating, drinking, all this and all that. And I was in culinary school too. Um, I had to use laxatives a lot because I just couldn't pass my bowel movements. And I fake got a really small dependency on it. And I noticed it because I was like, are you just popping? It was like the chocolate. I was using the the BS kind of laxative at the time. That's the ones that everybody use. I know. And I'm like, you just, this ain't candy, (laughs) (laughs) this." And then it just stopped working. And I was like, okay. So first of all, you need to put that down. So if you do find yourself in a dependency state, start to wing yourself or actually just go cold turkey and start to incorporate more fiber and drink water.
0: Yeah, fiber and water. We're going to get into the ways later on what people can do to um, avoid constipation. Here's a few other things. Yeah, here's a few other things. Uh, Crohn's disease, which is an Mm -hmm. inflammatory disease that affects the colon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flatulence. Yes, that's. That's uh, inflammation goes deep into the tissue. So, you know, again, inflammation, we know about inflammation. That's one of the reasons we created our inflammation tea, right? To mm-hmm. help with inflammation, to give people a chance to uh, relax that area, you know, but it does affect the colon. Here's another one diarrhea. So, mm-hmm. diarrhea is just the opposite of constipation, where mm-hmm. your stools are real loose. That's usually a sign of another problem, too. Uh, It could be food poisoning, uh, malabsorption, flu, or any other serious illnesses. The stool may contain some type of mucus. And Mm -hmm. so, left untreated, diarrhea can lead to dehydration. So, you know, sometimes when a lot of people, when they do have uh, diarrhea, after they finish with the diarrhea they so weak they can hardly stand up and they are mm-hmm. dehydrated uh because they have uh pretty much lost all of their trace minerals so you know that's another one you have to worry about and let me make that sure i kept, say this word right flatulence we,
1: we already talked about that oh
0: did we oh okay
1: yeah.
0: the, but do you know what causes it
1: what causes that it? it's know.
0: fermentation of the of carbohydrates in your small intestine, so it's like fermenting in your small intestine. And so the carbohydrates are just fermenting, and mm. usually they say you can take a good probiotic too to help this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a result of poor digestion. Most people are just not chewing their food properly, right? Yeah, so that's what that is. And then there's this thing called diverticulitis. You ever heard of that?
1: I've heard of, it, but I don't know what it is.
0: Okay, so it's when the small pockets form in the colon where the food particle and the bacteria get stuck. So it's like these little pockets, and they become inflamed, and it's painful. You'll know mm. you got it because it's usually, it's accompanied by diarrhea, and it's just so painful. So people who do have this, they know it. They know it because the doctors can actually diagnose this one. And... um It's just where the the food gets stuck. The food particles are stuck. Here's another one that was interesting. Most food allergies that people think are allergies are not allergies. You know how you eat something and you say, oh, if I eat this, it's going to cause this to happen to me. Um, It's like classic allergies. You know, it may be the result of eating. Sometimes you get these allergies because you got parasites in your body. Uh Mm-hmm you know, or candia. Uh, it, it, it just comes from, food allergies can actually come from stress. I mean, it just causes a condition. So the only way to really find out if you've got a food allergy, there is a test that you can take. It's called the IgE antibody test. So if you ever go to the doctor and you want to know what allergies you have, ask them to give you an IgE antibody test. We'll put this test down in our show notes. So people can ask the doctor, because if you don't ask them for it, they're not going to give it to you. It's the IgE antibody test. That is how they determine what foods are you are allergic to. Okay, let's keep going. There's another one, the gastric reflux. Now, gastric reflux, sort of similar to acid reflux. They sound the same. But they're a little different. What it is, is when your stomach acid, it, it, your food can't go down, so it splashes back up through your esophagus. So you're eating and you want your food to go down, but it doesn't go all the way down. It starts splashing back up. <laughs> yeah, that's what gastric reflux is. So your esophagus is trying to keep the stomach acid from splashing back up as the food goes down. So, Slippery M helps that, by the way. Licorice and Slippery M, those are two great herbs to take for gastric reflux. A lot of people have this condition, by the way. I mean, you may not have it, but a lot of people have it. All right, we'll keep going. The Irritable Bowel Syndrome, or IBS. You know what that is, Keela? Yeah, I know what irritable bowel syndrome
1: is. Yeah, that's it. Again, people have- A lot of have, people actually have IBS and don't know it.
0: <laughs> they do, they do. They get these pains in the stomach. You know how sometimes if you're eating and you get a pain in your stomach- uh,
1: Also uh, followed you, by
0: immediate bathroom usage. Spasms, or you get bloated easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people who have IBS got a poor appetite. Um, and they got anxiety too, by the way, and depression. That comes with uh, uh, IBS. Uh, It's it's an underlying cause. They say it's usually sometimes underlying causes of food sensitivity that you don't even know you have. And usually it reacts, uh, we were told 24 to 48 hours after you eat. So, you know, a lot of people think that time they eat, they'll go, you know, you'll say, well, I just ate that and it didn't bother me. You know, you hear that a lot. (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. you hear someone say, well, But you got to go back 48 hours to figure out what exactly is upsetting your stomach. So you really got to trace it up backwards, at least to what you ate in two days. And we're going to talk about that because you guys have no idea how long it takes for food to travel from your mouth into your stomach. I was shocked when I found out how long it took for food to travel from your mouth to your stomach or into and your the, intestines.
1: And the thing about all of this is that it's not sexy stuff, right? Nope. But this is stuff that, you know, we wouldn't be Brown Women Wellness if we didn't incorporate this part of wellness into um, our 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 talks and our podcasts and things like that. Because this is the type of stuff that is really, really important because everything is interconnected with all types of wellness and if we know that the gut is the mother center of of a lot of issues and diseases and also mental health issues. Um, It's important to understand all of these digestive issues and we haven't even gotten into the number four of like 10 things to know about your gut. So knowing about all of this, while it's not sexy, it also is informative so that when you start to feel and pay attention to your body, you'll say, you know what? I heard about this on that podcast and they were saying how <laughs> X, Y, Z, or maybe it'll click in your mind. Like, let me slow down and chew my food. So we just want to put mental like uh, stimulant out there so that you start to think and make smaller, wiser decisions over time. So just bear with us, but pay attention to it as well because it's 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 fascinating and important. I think with that, we should take a break. <laughs> we should. And we'll come right. back with our honesty moment.
0: Yes, we'll come back yes. with the honesty moment.
1: Okay. Do you want to bulletproof your immune system to fight viruses during cold and flu season? A cup of Be Well Immunity can keep the doctor away and keep that immune system at optimal levels. There are 8 wildcrafted, organic, hand-picked herbs that will do just that. Go to brownwomenwellness.com and get 15% off your next purchase using code WELLHONEST15. All right, we're back. And we want to go ahead and wrap things up. And we're going to start with our honesty moment. I'll go first. Um, honestly speaking, I have been in a really good space. However, I have been, this this topic is right on time because because of that good space, I've been kind of like, you know, dilly-dallying in the different food options out here in the good state of Texas, city of Houston to be specific. And um, there was a short period of time where I just got caught up in the rapture of food and outdoors, and I stopped taking my digestive enzymes. Now, I swear by digestive enzymes, and we'll talk about ways that you can correct and and heal yourself, because while we talked about all that unsexy stuff, there is a way to, especially if you're not like at the point of no return, which no one is unless you're dead, um, there's a way to heal yourself and to correct this, because I'm sure that you guys are like, well, okay, all of this is being said, but then what comes... We'll talk about that in the next episode. But part of that was digestive enzymes. That helps, right? So I would I pop those either before I eat, because you're supposed to do it before you eat. But sometimes I'll take a bite or two or three or four and forget. And then I'll go and I'll pop what my digestive enzymes. Exactly what does enzyme. the digestive enzyme do for you, Kayla? So it helps the enzyme. So like you said before, a lot of the issue is that we don't have enough acid or enzymes to help break down the foods that we're eating. So it starts to Uh, actually create all of these issues within the gut. So by taking digestive enzymes, it aids the food breakdown process that your stomach can't naturally do, or excuse me, that your gut can't naturally do, the small intestine, big intestine, so on and so forth. So um, I noticed a difference in my digestive uh, setup, I should say, when I started to take my digestive enzymes regularly. I also do take slippery elm. So I stopped. And you know I'm de- currently currently dealing with the stopping <laughs> of it right this second. Okay. Something and again, I I I know how to balance out my 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 body. I, I can tell when I'm off, I can tell when I'm on, and I know how to like switch back and forth and get it together. Well I'm also about to be 35 this year. And my stomach and my body is like, look, we really, you really need to be consistent with us because we can't bounce back like we did when we were 22, 23. So um, I'm speaking from a very honest place when I say that I, too, suffer from digestive issues. And Dreta, I'm sure, has digestive issues from time to time. But we both know that there are ways that you can handle that and be better at it. And that is currently where I am.
0: Well... Okay, got what about it. about
1: you?
0: Well, my honesty moment it has to deal with my skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going through some skin. Uh, uh uh I'm going through some over 60 skin issues right now. Yeah. Uh basically, uh in my former life, I was an esthetician, and so you know we're always experimenting with different products. And uh so I woke up one morning and I was washing my face and it was burning. I was like, what the heck? And so it calmed down eventually. But then I I started, I put some, when I was putting my moisturizer on, it still burned. And then I looked in the mirror. Sure enough, I had burns on my face uh, on my left side. And I could not figure out why it was just my left side and not my right side. So being the detective that I am, I started looking closer and experimenting. And I'm going to tell you something. I always go to the gut. I go to the gut immediately when something is is um, not right on my skin because technically everything comes out in your skin eventually. But so this I, is not a gut related issue. But then I realized <laughs> I talked to Keela and she said, well, tell me, what products are you using, mom? Well, I started telling her, "Say, look, I mix it up. One day I'll use this, one more. In the morning I'm going to use this,
1: at night I'll use this, in between I'll use this. And, and then, I had to stop her. I, <laughs> I said, was doing too I much. Said, I said, Andretta, you are 60-something years old. You ain't got the skin of a 20, 30-year-old. No, you can't be mixing and potioning and diving and diving. I digress up no more. with that. <laughs> you know, but I was me. right. I was right because well, if you're using, she is right. All these different kind of products that have different formulations, and even even young skin. I can't. I personally, I was blessed with good genes where I've never had like serious skin issues on my face, like acne and all that. Uh, eczema breakout here and there when I was younger, but um, I I can't even. They like they tell you retinol when you're in your 30s so that you can be youthful in your 50s and 60s. But child, I ain't met a retinol yet that don't mess me up. So, you know, when you get to be older, your skin does start to change. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, what are you doing? She over here with a gut issue. She ain't got nothing to do with no gut. You putting <laughs> well of acid and all this other kind of stuff. I will report back in a few weeks to let you guys know how my, my, is my non-treatment
0: work, which is don't do nothing. Just I told her the recipe
1: to do yeah, and we'll talk about this in other episodes about will. ways to take care of your skin because we I am a skin fanatic and that is something that is part of wellness but I, the recipe for this is don't do nothing right she told me do nothing so with that we will wrap this up that's my honesty it was a moment. pleasure
0: it was a pleasure we'll see you guys next week and don't forget to come back and listen to our second part of the gut issues bye
1: bye Thank you for listening to Well, Honestly, the podcast. If you want to know more about us and our products, check us out over on our website at brownwomenwellness.com. And remember, ladies, we are not doctors, and any information shared by us is not medical advice always follow your doctor's advice and don't forget
0: to rate and review our podcast and let us know what you loved about this week's episode and please subscribe to wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts feel free to email us and let us know what you would like to hear more of from us don't be afraid to say hi we'll say hi right
1: back to you Don't forget to find us across all social platforms at Brown Women Wellness. As always, show notes with links to what we talked about today in this week's episode will be in the description box below. Thanks for listening.